This week in the Tech Emergence podcast, we interview Christian Bijan, who's CTO and co-founder of Sumo Logic, which is a cloud-native machine data analytics service for log management and time series metrics. And I speak with Christian today about how to glean return on investment from applying machine learning to companies. There are no easy answers here, but Christian boils down some simple concepts for thinking about humans uh, thinking through causation and machines uh, working out the correlation and how the combination of those two factors can not only glean better ideas for business improvement than maybe people alone could, um, but can get to those answers faster. Without further ado, we'll dive directly into the interview with Christian Bijan. All right, so Christian, uh, the first question I wanted to get into, um, obviously you folks are, are applying uh, machine learning to companies every day, just given what you do at Sumo Logic, but I'm interested in your thoughts on what are the criteria needed for a company to derive value from applying machine learning? I've heard a lot of people say that people don't clean their data enough or they don't think thoroughly through the problems. What do you think people need to do to set in place to actually get something out of applying machine learning? Okay, so I think the... The most important thing is when it comes to you know applying machine learning is that you have a clear idea as to what your goal is right so the machine learning alone you know or any kind of algorithmic approach is just a bunch of technology and you know unless you have an idea as to what you actually want to do with it uh, you know as obvious as that probably sounds uh, you're not you know you're not going to be successful right so you know, you can't, in my mind, buy machine learning. Uh, I think you, you, just as much as you can't buy necessarily analytics or business intelligence, right? I mean, those are all means to an end, ultimately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the end is that you can do something that you could not previously do or that you can be more efficient in doing something, you know, that you're already doing, but, you know, you want to you get better at it, right? So. You know, there's the sort of research side of it, which is, hey, let me use, you know, uh, uh, like deep learning in, in, in order to copy the style of a particular painter on top of my, you know, picture. Yep. And uh, that's extremely impressive. But I think unless your business is in, um, I don't know, making Photoshop filters, let's say. <laughs> yeah. This that particular machine learning isn't really going to do you any good, right? So it's in my mind, or and this is how we've approached it here at Sumo as well. We have always tried to see, hey, what is the actual value that we can deliver to the user? You know, what is the problem that the user has, and how can we help getting them there? You know, you know, better, cheaper, faster, basically, right? Um, we. So in our space, you know, we're dealing we're dealing with with machine data, uh, and we are the majority of our users are developers and operations people, and you know, people who are responsible for running applications, uh, and and in in a non-trivial number of cases, also those people who on on, on whose behalf the applications are are actually are running. Um, we have a very sort of we have a sort of pretty narrow definition, you know, as to what we want to achieve. Uh, with our technology, and we found that machine learning and algorithmic approaches can support some of those goals, right? And, yes. you know, if our customers, well, I guess if, if they are customers, then, you know, they kind of agree that those are goals that they also have. But, you know, generally, if you're looking at, you know, what we as a product can provide, then the machine learning aspect itself, again, is just a means to an end. You know, 
if we can solve the problem without machine learning and we can do it in such a way that it helps you, then it doesn't really matter how we do it. Right? Um, you know, we just found from our like, like looking inside, we found that there's a set of problems uh, for which algorithmic approaches will, will, will make for better solutions. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's kind of how I would kind of start discussing this particular topic. No, I'm with you. It's, it's a notion that's been echoed many times, particularly by uh, folks who do consulting work in AI, let's say like building applications for bigger companies, kind of come in and build a recommendation engine or something like that. We've spoken with a number of those folks and also other vendors like yourselves. I know you guys are, you're sort of in some way, obviously you're selling a business solution, but um, you know, your business solution just happens to be uh, again, sort of an algorithmic machine learning um, kind of a solution here. And many people have, have echoed the same notion that you don't want to think about artificial intelligence as a solution that you should then go and try to find the right problem for. You should really begin with where your own core problems are and see if machine learning is appropriate for that. And, and that same exact notion has been drummed home many times. It seems like you're, you're sort of echoing a, a similar one. Um, and out of curiosity, I mean, uh, I, I was going to get to this question anyway, which seems very logical given where we are. You see a lot of problems where maybe, you know, there's a lot of novel machine learning applications, right? Uh, you can make your own portrait that you got taken, you know, in college look like, um, you know, some George Washington picture by uploading them both and having an algorithm sort of run on them. Uh, not necessarily a useful business case for, for most folks. Um, you've seen folks actually get something out of machine learning in various and sundry different contexts. Where do you often see kind of low-hanging fruit for algorithmic approaches? Maybe some problems really machine learning is not the best answer today. Some problems it really is. Obviously, a subset of those are, are sort of what you guys sell on a regular basis. Maybe we could talk about other things as well. But what do you see as kind of the core business set of problems in and out of your company where algorithms are kind of proving to be the best bet? Right. So the way that we look at it is is the following. I we believe that humans are good at certain things, and we believe that machines are good at certain things, and that there's not a whole lot of overlap in between. Uh, and so we, we basically we basically try to you know build a product uh, that allows and empowers the humans to be good at at what they're good at, uh, and and to augment that really uh, with with additional input coming you know from things derived from what machines are good at. So to be a little bit less abstract, um, humans are pretty good at um, causation. Uh, they are not really good at correlating large amounts of data, right? So so the, the place where, where we have found machine learning to really help is uh, when it comes to a lot of data and, you know, machine data is ultimately sort of a a, a big data application, machine data in many ways is, is the, the original big data if you want. Uh, a human, as good as they are at causation, uh, figuring out causation and you know, explaining or, or retroactively reverse engineering an explanation for why something has happened, uh, they cannot possibly compute all of the amount of data that's coming in, you know, in a, like that comes out of a modern data center or a cloud-based application or, yep. or what, what, what have you, right? Uh, or if it's a different industry, it might be a control system of some sort. However, the machines are very good at doing correlation over increasingly large amounts of data. So, so the way that we look at it is to say, hey, let the machines do that. Let there be essentially a two-step or two-phase process, right, where the machines are being used to correlate a large amount of data 
um, you know, maybe with some scoring attached to it, and you know, present what you know we find to be the most promising uh, uh, kind of needles ultimately in a giant haystack back to the user. You know, as much as I would like to say that we can also give them the causation along with it, uh, the reality is that we have not quite reached the singularity yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and up to this point, and I think for a couple more years to come, uh, humans are actually better at connecting the dots between between things. And that's what I mean when I say causation, to actually figure out, you know, what the hell has actually happened or what is going to happen next. But, you know, the needles themselves, they might not always find, right? Yep. So humans are very good at asking questions. And so, you know, you want to have a system, whether it's driven by whatever it's driven from, you know, uh, usually it's just counting. Uh, that basically allows them to answer those questions. But then the machine learning can help in suggesting new questions, questions that the user uh, or the customer uh, or, or the human really wasn't even able to to ask because there is an amount of, you know, context and, you know, things that correlate in interesting ways. That you can that you can pull out of a large data set with the use of machine learning, uh, and and in our case we're actually talking you know unsupervised machine learning um, that that can lead them down the right path, right? And and that's where I think it gets really really interesting. Huh? You know what you're saying is resonating to some degree, Christian, with a presentation I was uh, press passing at a uh, machine learning conference here in San Francisco not all that long ago, and uh, the head of machine learning at Uber gave a talk, and he had mentioned if you want to apply machine learning in, in a company, um, one of the first questions you can ask yourself is, um, when do you hear people in the company say, uh, man, if we could only know X, right? And I guess that's the human part of the equation is humans can sort of come up with hypotheses that would be worthwhile given the entire context of a, of a business, right? A, the, the algorithm that's running doesn't understand your competitors and it doesn't know who your VP of sales is and what his strengths are, right? It does, it, there's no possibility of it putting together a, a broad spectrum of business success picture uh, in its own little world. It's really people that are pulling together that bigger picture and asking those initial questions. And it sounds like you would uh, advise companies to sort of uh, focus on that same human strength of coming up with great questions and maybe using data to, to feed that uh, that human part of the process. Certainly that, and in addition to that, also use the machines to suggest new questions. Yeah. Right. So this is about really, you know, I don't know. We we can we can we can kind of stick to the to the Uber example, right? Uh, they are obviously, you know, a, you know, a huge data mining machine, right? This and, is true. and and more so than anything else, really. Uh, that's what they do, and they're mining a ton of different data. And, and I'm pretty sure that the machines that are mining that data don't necessarily know whether this particular piece of data uh, corresponds to a dollar amount, you know, made, you know, by a driver during a day or maybe, you know, a segment of, of a trip, etc. But what the, what the machines can pretty easily be programmed uh, to do is to take, you know, similar bits of data and see if there is, you know, if there's overlap or if there's outliers in them, right? And then they might not necessarily have some semantically understand that that means that that, you know, driver, you know, was lazy or maybe that that driver, you know, took lots of detours, right? You know, but they can constantly go and look at the data and, and, and see whether there are interesting deviations, right? To suggest yep. back to the to the humans and then the humans can go and say, okay, so there's a, there's a deviation here. 
what is the base data actually? What is the semantics of the base data? And well, the human will pretty quickly have. It's much easier for a human to understand the concept difference between, you know, a trip and and a dollar amount or what have you, yep, right? Yep. And, and so, so that that is the part that I think is very interesting. And and it, it translates in, in, into the sumo logic world mostly around you know pointing people at things that are going wrong, right? Um, that's usually what you're interested in, you know, when you when you're looking at uh, at sort of an application, you know. Yeah. A system that basically, you know, is trying to help you make your applications run more efficiently. Um, if you can, uh, if you can get ahead of the ball and ideally be alerted just about before something goes wrong, you know, then then that's really cool. And and, and we can do that in many cases. Uh, you know, not necessarily because the user has explicitly instructed us to do that, but because of of some interesting shift in the underlying data. And then we will surface it, and we can give you, um, we can give you sort of a uh, you know, a statistical idea as to why we think this is interesting. What we, what we, what we would like to do at some point in the future, but what currently, you know, I think is still very much a human domain is adding the semantics to it. Right? Yeah, and and um, you had mentioned again, you know, humans kind of thinking are, are much more likely to understand the connection of a dollar value and whatever else the case may be, and maybe that, like you had said, when the data sort of presents correlations that then create opportunities for new uh, questions. To some degree, I guess, what what you're doing is, of course, humans are coming up with good questions, but you're taking what appear to be correlations, what appear to be overlaps, and then a, a human being would then look at that and say, what is that implying about a pattern in the real world? And then that might spurn additional questions. It sounds as though just getting more granular about kind of the core and important business information, whether it be your application running, your marketing, whatever the case may be, if enough of that can be looked at and if anomalies can be detected, could you, to use kind of uh, the cybersecurity terms, we've interviewed a lot of folks in the cybersecurity world, it sounds as though for you guys, Christian, um, figuring out when something is sort of going awry is also a very important part of your own process. You know, looking at those anomalies, looking at those overlaps, looking at uh, those kind of standout instances might prompt people to ask, hey, is that causing that? Or is this the reason that this is happening? Or when this number goes up, is it always the case that we see a dip over here? And then that might uh, glean additional value. It's a lot of intellectual work, it sounds like, to some degree, to get this stuff off the ground. Are, are, there, are there a lot of cases, Christian, where you found kind of across companies, there are certain applications, you know, you guys have been doing it for so long now at Sumo Logic. There's certain applications where it's almost cookie cutter, or more or less, are are we are we looking at sort of its own intellectual initial jig, jigsaw puzzle for for executives to kind of have to think through when they begin the implementation process? How have you found it to be? Hi, that's a, that's a great question, actually. Um, uh, so I can most so let me actually speak from the perspective of of somebody you know who is building a product and selling a product uh, and you know, that uses this type of technology uh, in order to ultimately make all users' lives better. And I do believe that in this case, it is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, you know, because it really kind of yeah. has to, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of context that, that, that comes from the, from the, you know, sort of from the vision for the product and, you know, where exactly the product gets, you know, deployed and, and what the use cases are and so forth. And uh, there's obviously a vast amount of infrastructure that can be gotten off the shelf, uh, you know, starting with implementations of algorithms and, you know, all the way up to things like TensorFlow now, uh, TensorFlow, sorry, yep. that that makes it a little bit easier, but these things are still building blocks. 
and, and, and so from the sort of product designer perspective, I think it is pretty much a, a, a puzzle because you have to sort of define that goal and work your way backwards and then use the right bits for it, right? Um, now, if I were to try to kind of shift gears and, and put a sort of an executive head on, when like I'm the guy who, God forbid, runs a large insurance or something like that. Yes, yes. You know, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm, and I'm not a techie trying to build a product. Then I think I think it is an extension of the you know sort of you know kind of predictive analytics sort of mindset that you know companies have smart companies have had for a while right um so you go and buy something like SAS right and then there's this huge toolbox full of all kinds of interesting statistical algorithms and so forth. Uh, and, and then you need to have a couple of people who, who can kind of essentially build a little mini product inside of the company, you know, after kind of figuring out what the real actual optimization goals are. It's just that now uh, you don't necessarily have to go to SAS anymore and buy the workbench, but you can go and, you know, do big data analysis with Hadoop and all these kinds of things and, and lots of libraries and Spark, of course, you know, that are out there and you can give it to a bunch of data scientists slash programmers. Uh, versus business analysts and you know trained statisticians, so 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 that's kind of changing a little bit. In in other words, the the job of the you know trained statistician now becomes one of of a programmer in many ways, right? But, yeah. You know, I I, I think that uh, you know if you were to look at it from an exec perspective, you know, uh, for for the use of this type of technology for internal optimization, I think it's probably a relatively similar mindset uh, and kind of iterative process that you probably already used to when it from the sort of predictive modeling you know world and the general use of statistics etc it is a little bit different if you look at it from the perspective of using this type of stuff uh, to build like a new product yep so uh, understood and i appreciate the distinction i i know we're coming right up on time i think that this will be a final little insight that um other executives or kind of business movers and shakers would be interested in you had talked about how in some cases it is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle um, to to put these things together. Um, the, the feature, or, or to even determine sort of where the ROI is, you know, the, the quote-unquote feature engineering of what do we want to tease out of this? What do we want to look at first? What information do we want to have presented in what way that can allow us to ask even better questions? Um, you know, it's when someone implements a system, whether it be for business intelligence um, you know, anomaly detection for their app, like what you do, or maybe for security, like other companies do. Um, who should be in on that conversation? You know, should this be sort of the top tier execs who who really get the biggest, broadest scope of the business? Obviously, if we've got folks who are schooled in machine learning in house, sounds like it makes sense to have them there in the building. Uh, you've probably seen people come up with goals that are unrealistic because there's nobody with data science background determining what to get out of the machine learning application, right? They're just saying, oh, make it do this. But of course, there's no way for it to do that. Um, who, who do you recommend sort of sit down and chat to do that jigsawing, to do that initial intellectual work of making sure that we as a company can really derive some value here? You've probably seen it succeed before. Who would you recommend? That's another really good question. I'm not really <laughs> sure I have some sort of mind-blowing insight on that. But look, uh, you know, if, if you know if this is all driven by some you know Channel Five news report that your CEO saw, uh, then then that's still good, right? Because at least you get you get the impetus in the company to do something. Yes. Uh, generally, my observation has been that you know productivity you know uh, uh, decreases very rapidly with each additional executive in the room. Uh, you know, because they tend to not agree on things. So, 
I think, <laughs> I think you need to kind of look at it a little bit from a line of business perspective. And, you know, for example, if you're a guy who's running sales, right, and you are having trouble with, you know, forecasting sales, for example, then, you know, you need to figure out, you know, who are the people in your, in your organization, in your, in your, like in your department or whatever that actually have enough of the domain knowledge and then you need to reach out to you know either consultants or maybe the internal techies uh and and build put together a cross-functional team where what you need is people who understand the domain and people who can formulate a goal and then you need to have people that can actually take that and turn it into a system even if it's just a script or a small system or or some sort of you know scripting and salesforce or whatever it is right but generally the unicorn people who can understand the domain really well and can express the goal and at the same time can sling an iPython notebook to actually get the damn algorithm implemented. Uh, like if you have those, yeah, you should probably use them, but like most likely <laughs> you don't have those people, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so I think generally you need to kind of, again, and this is a very common thing, you know, you need to figure out what is the goal, who are the people who have the business understanding, who understand the data, the structure behind the data, where the data is coming from, how much can I trust the data, how much post-processing do I have to do, uh, and, and the people who can take that and, you know, somehow teach a computer how to, you know, put it all together. Who can, who can sling a Python notebook. That's a great way to put it. Uh, and yes, it would be important to have those people in the room. There's certainly a lot of fighting over data science talent, but it sounds like one of the core lessons uh, from this interview is get your hands on as many of those people as you can, I suppose. They're, they're not easy to come by, but certainly useful to have when you're doing that, that hard lifting, which there is no easy answer to. Christian, that's all we had for time. I very much appreciate you sharing your insights on implementing AI with us here on the Tech Emergence Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. That wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives, top researchers, and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com, where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category, as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes, or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.